Our scripture is from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 4, from verse 16 to 17. Um, I'll read from uh, NIV. It says, The Lord living in darkness, having seen a great light, on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. And that's the word of the Lord. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome once again. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk about lights. The, the whole theme today with songs and the video was around this idea of light coming into darkness. Lights, if you did not know, are essential to human flourishing. We all know this. Did you know just being exposed to more natural light throughout the day, for you to get more sunlight throughout the day, if you do that, it boosts your vitamin D, which we need. It wears off seasonal depression. It also improves our sleep. It corrects our uh, metabolism, helps blood circulation, balances our hormone, hormones. And perhaps this is why, the, the importance of light, perhaps this is why the biblical writers describe Jesus as the great light. Matthew, as he marks the beginning of Jesus' ministry in his gospel, says this about Jesus' ministry as Jesus begins his ministry. And he says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Everyone say, everyone say light. Not little glimpse of light. Not fading light. Not some artificial light, but a great light. In Greek, the word is megasphos. Megasphos, big light. So Matthew says, through the ministry of Jesus, as Jesus begins his ministry in Matthew chapter 4, those living in the land of death will be set free. Death will no longer prevail because true life has arrived. John, in his other gospel, Right, Matthew and John, gospel writers. John marks the birth of Jesus with these words. John 1, 9. Darkness, the true light that gives sight to everyone was coming unto the world. The true light that gives sight to everyone was coming into the world. You see, darkness in both gospels, Matthew and John chapter 1. Speak directly into depravity of humanity, which we talked about last week in Genesis 6. This idea of God, people living away from God, living in darkness. Notice the scripture does not say, Matthew chapter 4 does not say, it's people who were confused have seen the great light. It's not people who were wondering have seen the great light. It's not people who are misguided have seen the great light. No, it's people who are dwelling, who are sitting, who are stuck in darkness, have seen a great light. Which can only point to the idea of darkness in Scripture, both Isaiah 42, because Matthew is quoting the book of Isaiah, Matthew 4, John chapter 1, the Scriptures that we're running through, all of them point to darkness as a reality of death. And Isaiah 42, again, in that particular prophecy. Isaiah is referring to people that are habitually in darkness, people that were stuck in death itself without a true way out. 
You see the word darkness in Matthew chapter 4 and, and John chapter 1 is the Greek word skotos. Everyone say skotos. What it literally means in Greek, being ignorant of God, being, being unaware of God. So when people, who, people live in ignorance of their creator, what happens? They choose to do whatever they seem Whatever they seem is right in their own eyes. We know this movie, Book of Judges, when there were no leader in Israel, when God-fearing leader was not established, people just did whatever they thought was right. And that very human brokenness, sin, suffering, have not only been our reality, but also that was true of the world that Jesus arrived into that night in the city of Bethlehem. I don't know if you've been following the news. Recently, there's been so many political unrest, uh, what's happening, protests happening in Iran. Hundreds of innocent people have been killed in the last three, four months. For what? For simply wanting their daughters, their mothers, their sisters have the same rights as men in that country. For speaking against the oppressive regime. You see, the world that Jesus arrived into 2,000-some years ago was just as evil, if not more. In fact, we know Jesus had to be on the run. We know the whole Christmas story. Jesus was born in a manger because he had to be on the run from the moment he was born. So what's the root of human suffering? That, That picture of protest that's going on in Iran, What's happening in Ukraine? The war is still waging, waging on. What's happening in Peru? What's happening 100 miles up north from the border of this country? What's happening in our own lives? They're all rooted in the lie that we humans have bought from the very beginning of Scripture. Genesis 3. You see, this false belief that life is better when we have control over it. So we do everything we can as humans. No matter who you are, we love control. We love the idea of control. So we use our technology. We use our finances. We use our relationships to be able to control life. Yet we we quickly realize life cannot be controlled. But we believe the belief that, that Adam and Eve believe, we believe the same belief, that we can actually live a good life without God. We can actually flourish without God. So modern culture, different cultures have turned to different things. Our modern culture in large has turned from God onto something else. Some have turned to technology. One, one girl said she loves I, iPad for Christmas. iPads are great gifts. Science. Policies in our attempt to save the world or to make the world a better place, assuming only if the good guys had the power, only if the good guys had the power in Iran, in Peru, in northern part, northern border, on the other side of this country, if only the good guys had the power, the world would be a better place. Yet, yet what the scripture tells us very clearly from the beginning to the end is that the darkness is not outside of us. But it is within. Which means darkness cannot drive out darkness. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, right? 
Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Here's an example of why humans cannot drive out darkness. There's a man named Fritz Heiber. I don't know. Most of you guys probably have never heard of that name, Fritz Heiber. He's considered one of the most influential person in modern human history, one of the most influential persons, Nobel Prize winner. Around the year 1900s, there was roughly 1.5 billion people in the world. And some scientists fear that the population of the world will plateau because there will be mass starvation because we will not be able to sustain the growth rate due to lack of food production. We just couldn't farm enough food to be able to sustain 1.5 billion people at the time. And that was true until this man, Fritz Heiber, discovered what we know as Heiber process. He created a way to fix nitrogen and make cheap fertilizer. That which sparked a new agricultural revolution. Even today, 40% of the world's world eats food produced by fertilizer made using the same process. That invention won him again the Nobel Prize. But the very same man is also known for another invention. You see, Fritz Heiber was known as a German nationalist. He was a leading chemist for the Nazis during the World War II. He invented chlorine gas, ushered in a horrific age of chemical warfare, which took away millions of lives. Same men saved millions of lives by creating this wonderful process to produce more food just to turn around to destroy those lives. There is Fritz Heiber, sense of Fritz Heiber, in all human beings, in all of us, there's good and evil. Watch the movie Joker. There, he, he's, if you watch the movie Joker, yeah, he's not all bad. There's a reason why he's, he's gone there, but there's good and evil in all of us. And this is why Matthew and John's description of the baby that was born in the city of David is indeed the good news of great joy, friends. The light has dawned, says Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a great light has dawned. Notice Matthew doesn't say a light has sprung. Seems like a far more natural way to describe light, how the light has sprung. That's what we say. But no, it doesn't say the light has sprung. It says light has dawned. Why dawned? This is interesting. You see, Matthew wants to make clear that the source of light does not come from within darkness. It arrives from a completely different place. The true light must come from outside of us. It cannot create. It cannot be created from us. You see, every Pixar movie, every Disney movie, DreamWorks, whatever movies you love, what's one of the core messages you hear repeatedly through these movies? It's this very, it's, 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 it's basically this idea that the truth comes from within, that goodness is actually within ourselves. Kung Fu Panda fans, Kung Fu Panda, I love Kung Fu Panda, I think it's great. And the whole point of the movie, right, Kung Fu Panda, there is no secret ingredient, right? Po, who's the panda, he's the, he's the warrior master, he, he's 
trying to become this warrior master and, and he's working, working out and doing all of these things and he gets and he's told that there is a secret squirrel, right? And, and, and Paul finally opens it up. He takes out the dragon squirrel and he opens it and the dragon squirrel shows just there's nothing in it. It's just Paul's reflection. It shows that it is being him that makes him special. That his superpower is in fact him being himself. One of the movie critics says this about the movie, and I'll quote, We sometimes consider things, people, or organizations provide us the power we need to be ourselves. We think something or someone else will give us the label such and such to be able to think we are capable enough to achieve such and such. But truth is, he's talking about the movie Kung Fu Panda and the lesson behind it. The truth is, it is and was always in you. No amount of titles and labels besides your name will do it. You have, it, you have to believe you are special. Your superpower is you. And that's really the message of many of the films that we love. But is that true? Is the superpower really in, in each of us? Yes and no. Yes, we are wonderfully made in the image of God. That's true. Yet our superpower does not come from within. The light has dawned. It did not sprung. Listen to Isaiah, the original prophecy, the prophecy that, that Matthew 4 is repeating in Isaiah 42. And he says this, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street a bruised reed will not will not break and a faintly burning week he will not quench he will faithfully bring forth justice he will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law i am the lord i have called you in righteousness, I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a life for the nations. To open the eyes that are blind. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison. Those who sit in darkness, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Friends. This is our superhero. Isaiah 42 is speaking about a superhero that we all need. And who we are celebrating today as we've gathered to celebrate Christmas. Friends, this is the one who delights God. This is the one who will not grow faint or weary or discouraged. This is the one whose life is marked by only by obedience and faithfulness. The one who has come to set you and I free from our darkness and sin and disappointments and regrets and whatever you want to fill in the blank. But friends, let me be very clear. Let me, not, let me not mince my words just because it's Christmas. Let me not get cute. Jesus did not come so that we can have improved life. That's what some of us think. We go to church, well, we could live a better life. Jesus did not come so that we could upgrade our lives. Jesus did not come so that we could live more enriching lives. No. Friends, he came because... We were completely dead in our sins. 
He came because we were completely hopeless without him. John 10, there's a crowd and Jesus is speaking to the crowd and Jesus sees that people are getting confused about who Jesus is. And so he says this in John chapter 10. Verse 10, he says, the thief comes to only to steal, to kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, life abundant that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 10 is not picket fenced homes. It is not three car garage. It is not this perfect job or perfect marriage. It is not these wonderful kids and and painless life. Friends, he came to take away your death and my death. Through him, we get to have far greater things than three-car garage, dream career, dream portfolio, whatever you are hoping to receive and whatever has disappointed you this year and you've come here, sitting here, struggling He came to give you life eternal, and that is promise for all of us. And friends, this is the gospel, and I'll end here. Jesus, our superhero, the great light, willingly took up all of our darkness. Dark things that no one else knows. Dark things that only you know and you've struggled with. Jesus came to take that up for you. All of our sins, all of our failures, all of our suffering, all of our unmet expectations, regrets, all the brokenness that we feel even as we sit here this Christmas afternoon by his sinless life and death. We're no longer stuck in darkness. That's what the enemy wants you and I to believe. So what? We didn't get that promotion. So what? Our portfolio, we've lost 70% of our portfolio. So what? That we don't have a dream job or dream career or whatever you want to fill in blank. We didn't get this, get this for Christmas. You may be mad at your spouse. You didn't get me anything for Christmas. You said not to get you anything. Maybe, right? Whatever that you're struggling with this morning, whatever disappointments you're carrying in, I want to I humbly say, so what? Jesus came to give you eternal life. Doesn't that count for something? Friends, unfortunately, Christmas is not always warm and fuzzy. I mean, it's warm and fuzzy here. All the kids and wonderful videos and the songs. Wonderful play. Three, three guys. You guys are awesome. But really, Christmas is not always warm and fuzzy. In fact, for many of us, it is a painful reminder of what life, what life should be and it isn't. It may be a reminder of the reality that someone you deeply loved is no longer here a family member, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, a son. Reminder that you have unmet expectations around relationships, marriage, parenting, career. You fill in the blank. You know how you felt when you woke up this morning. Yet no matter how you feel, even this moment as I share what I've shared, The real message of Christmas is that though our old habits of living selfishly still remains and life is not without pain and suffering, 
We can rest assured because all of our sin, shame, and pain are radically being eradicated by the transformative light of Jesus. And that is worthy, worthy to be celebrated. Amen? Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you, thank you, thank you for Matthew and John's words that the light has dawned. Lord, I pray uh, for those that are struggling this afternoon. Perhaps some of us are alone in this country without family. Perhaps some of us are being reminded of what we have lost in this season. Perhaps uh, it's something else. Uh, But Lord, only you know. You know our darkness. You know the things that no one else knows. So we Bring those things to you in full confidence because, Jesus, you lived a life that we could not live. You died to death that we deserved and we have been set free. We celebrate, we celebrate that this afternoon. We thank you. We love you. Would you comfort us? Would you strengthen us? Would you give us courage in your truth? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.